0: Welcome to the Libertarian Textbooks Podcast with your host, Cesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, Libertarian Tex-Mex podcast, Cesar Aguirre, I'm the Libertarian Tex-Mex. Got a new upgraded system here if you're uh, watching the YouTube uh, version of this podcast, but uh, we finally got an extended camera and a little mic here, so um, we got a new setup. Hopefully it comes out, the sound comes out a little bit better on the YouTube channel. Um, We're also still hosting the audio podcast, so we're kind of doing dual at the same time for whatever fits your needs. So uh, give me, you know, give me uh, some feedback um, on any of the comments on Podbean, um, on Apple, um, or on the YouTube. Just let me know how the audio uh, sound is going. But with this new camera, um, you can see kind of the wide panel that's right behind me, um, you know, been kind of Spending a lot of time here because if you see the empty space in the back and the and the weights, um, I do pretty much you know at home workouts. I've been doing that for you know uh, over a decade now, and I, I, it's just my preferred way of staying um, staying active is just working out from home. It's just so much easier to get out of bed and do it, and not have to worry about you know carrying a bag to a gym or something like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you guys don't know anybody who just listens to the Libertarian stuff, but I'm also, um, I do martial arts. And I've been doing that for, uh, you know, two decades now. And um, I just, you know, I think that's where I get my social fix. And obviously, um, I love you know, have, having a good social network. So, you know, I'm usually out there, you know, talking to people, getting my social fix in other ways. So for me, the gym is just get air get the job done and be done and you know, move on with my day so anyways background you see a little bit of space for my home gym huge comic book fan if you didn't know I'm sure you did hopefully you do huge comic book fan DC Marvel Star Wars um, all that stuff my wife is as well um, so we have like a, a kind of a combined collection of stuff but um, you can kinda see this is kinda like my creative room so I do a lot of, um, you know, uh, exercise, um, you know, <laughs> coronavirus country we're in right now. I'm doing a lot of video game playing, <laughs> right. all right, right now we're, uh, I'm kind of getting really into, uh, Star Wars Battlefield, Battlefront, sorry, Battlefront 2, um, but then also we also bought the Iron Man VR a game, which we have a uh, VR headset, and that has been awesome. So just trying to pass the time with that stuff, and also reading comic books, watching TV, watching movies, stuff like that. Um, I'm also do my, you know, uh, professional work here on this desk, um, different computer and all that stuff, but anyways, but, uh, pretty much I'm doing most of my, spending most of my time in coronavirus country that we're in, um, spending it here and doing pretty much everything, so it's, you know, my place to, uh, exercise, enjoy myself, Um, also have a little bit of some creative, you know, some some creative, um, environment, you know, some influence, um, and then be able to get some work done like this. And, you know, I say work very lightly because I I love doing this, but it does take a little bit of work, right? To get set up and get ready and all that stuff. So anyways, let me know what you think about it. Um, we have a kind of a wide camera here, so you're going to be able to see pretty much the entire room now. Um, I'll have to figure out how to do the zoom and all that stuff later. but anyways, um we got some uh good hits on the last video, so thank you for watching uh, anybody who's out there, thank you for following, listening. uh we really appreciate it. We're trying to do you know i'm trying I think my goal here is to have a more drawn out reasonable discussion about certain things. Um, this is actually something I l- really like about other podcasts like, um, you know, Joe Rogan, right? He likes, you know, I think he made a comment about the long form of conversation, um, you know, when you talk about something. And I think it, I think he's he has a lot of credence to that, right? There's a lot of good benefits of, you know, having, having a conversation that's, that's a little bit more elongated than what's on Facebook, right? Because on Facebook, you know, guilty as charges me as well facebook is a lot of like counter you know a response and counter type of thing right like very quick very witted um here's a counter here's a response etc right It it's really difficult to have a long form conversation on social media you know um it's it's intentionally designed for a quick interaction um that community platform is like you know um you know, even if you even go on a diatribe, and you've probably seen me go on diatribes on my Facebook page, you know, sometimes you you lose people, right? Um, and so a lot of times, you're on social media just trying to do a quick, you know, gotcha type of thing, and you know, it's fine. It's got the, it's got its place. It's a community platform. That's pretty much what's going to happen, right? Um, and that has its own rules. But I think to draw out a conversation to see a little bit more of the you know uh a little bit more of the layers of things um, i think you need a long a longer format conversation besides just text and and facebook so um i think probably one of the things that i'm sure we're all missing right now is the social interaction and social dialogue where you can have a back and forth for you know 20 minutes 30 minutes or whatever um and we you know have you know, the social skills to, you know, have, you know, have an opinion, express it and let other people express how they want to feel. And then you're kind of going back and forth. Um, and you know, sometimes we interrupt each other and and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, there's, there's a, you know, pros and cons to everything. But, uh, I think right now, especially since we're all trying to quarantine and trying to bring this whole coronavirus thing down as much as possible, I think we're losing some of that social uh, interaction, those social skills that we've been, you know, honing, you know, pretty much our entire lives. And I got to be honest with you too. I mean, as much as I want to stay here and bring that curve down, um, I'm also missing, you know, a lot of my social interaction. It's one of the reasons, you know, we moved into the city of Houston was because we want those social engagements, right? Um, The diversity, seeing different people, meeting different people and trying different restaurants and, engaging socially in different ways. And, um, you know, we're kind of, you know, removed from that right now. So I think, you know, hopefully we can um, get back to some levels of normalcy soon. Um, By the end of this year, hopefully. Um, I think the repercussions are, you know, looking at it from just purely the medical perspective of this. it's, It's not a good not a good situation you know and then in terms of public policy you know it, it gets a lot hairier um, and more specific right because there's certain areas that just not they don't have the same population density they don't have the same um tight-knit you know uh, clusters of, of, of groups and stuff like that um so it, it just it varies you know and I I don't um I don't envy anybody in a position of public a public leadership position where you have to make those judgment calls because it's, uh, man, a lot. it's a lot to balance, right? Um, not just, you know, your public works, but, you know, um, public engagements, schools, all that stuff. It's, it's a huge dynamic system, right? So um, it takes a lot, you know, and so um, I think in terms of the political, you know, the politics of things, then you add that layer on, on top of that and it's like... You know even crazier right um this whole whole thing as libertarians notes you know this blue team red team blue team versus red team the left versus the right this is very like two-dimensional conversation about about things you know and you can see it in conversations like the coronavirus you know it's very definitely blue team versus red team um you know a virus has become you know some woke thing Um, to the right, you know, and so it's like immediate rejection of of science, of evidence. And so I think it's very important and very incumbent on um, libertarians out there to still try to be as evidence-based as you can, still try to deliver some of those messages of, you know, libertarian principles, um, and still being able to challenge, you know, people with their thinking, you know. I think most people are very much in the it's a left or right issue it's a red team versus the blue team conversation and i think sometimes we have to be reminded that it's it's more than that right we're not to you no know, we're not a flat sheet of paper you know like we're not two-dimensional we're we're three-dimensional man like you know we have shape and we have different angles and in, in views of things and that makes us very unique um individuals um which is a core concept on on libertarians. So I think looking at all these things that are going on, lots of stuff going on, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what else are you, are we going to be thrown at? I mean, it's like, um, you know, you have, you have all the protests going on. You have coronavirus. We have hurricane season. We've got a hurricane in the, uh, in the Gulf coast or a tropical storm, sorry, coming in. Um, and there's so much more going on. Like there's always little things that pop up. So You know, life doesn't stop because we already have one issue. It's like, (laughs) sometimes, you know, we call it the cluster, cluster clusterfuck, you know, Uh, when it rains, it pours type of thing. So um, try to get through it as best as you can. Um, You know, tensions are high. Again, I just want to remind people tensions are high. Um, It's okay to push and challenge people. I think that's still necessary. Um, But also learn to ease up a little bit you know and and i'm learn i'm learning the same thing too it's not like i'm you know telling people what to do it's you know a lot of times I'm, I'm really speaking to myself um in terms of like hey don't don't go so hard on these people like back up a little bit and then honestly sometimes like i've said before there's just some 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 bullies out there that are just just assholes you know and um it's just in my net it's just it's in my nature to say something right like i i can't not say something it's it's who i am you know it's in my blood to see a bully you know and step up and go no you know like we're not going to let you do that but that's just me right not everybody is is the same way and i you know totally understand but anyway so you know last co- last conversation we were talking about the coronavirus um you know local state federal responses um you know in And pretty much not not much has changed, right like we're still kind of in this half in half out in terms of public policies to reduce coronavirus uh rates um and unfortunately, we're seeing the 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 consequences of that right you know and we go back to you know regardless of whether it's a public policy or not the individual is always responsible for their own actions, right? I think we know that as, um, as libertarians, right? That every right has a responsibility, right? And um, we have to be aware of those and we have to accept those. And I think, you know, thinking about this coronavirus, it's like whether you have a city ordinance or a state, you know, mandate or a federal law, federal regulation, you as an individual still need to take care of your own health, right? And look up for the welfare of your, you know, of your household, of your family and friends, your community, you know, at those varying levels. And, um, you know, you wanna make sure you take care of yourself and your the people you love, regardless of whether it's, you know, a political mandate, you know, federal, state, local mandate, or a political conversation, you need to start thinking about, it. Your own protection Um, and I think those people who don't believe there's a threat who are putting their themselves and their family and friends at risk um, I think you know for sure you know those people's circles need to put that person to task you know what I'm saying like you know if you're in that circle and you have a friend or a family member who is like I don't believe this is real I think it's fake or it's overblown or whatever You need to step in and say, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're in this, we're in this together, right? Like you're in our network and what you do is going to affect us. So we need you to step it up. Whether you agree, whether you agree, it's a real thing or not. You know, I'm asking you when you're near me, when you're in my business, right? When you're in my property, you wear a mask, right? That's, that's. Ultimately, uh, unfortunately, what's going to happen, right? And what's happened with other viruses in the past? You know, people people had to take individual responsibility um, and understand that there's consequences to not taking responsibility. And unfortunately, you don't want that, right? You don't want people to say, I accept the consequences, and then they end up dying, right? Because you've seen plenty of people like that who, you know, thought coronavirus was a hoax and that everything... Was fake and you know all this other stuff and they end up getting coronavirus and and dying and saying I thought this was fake you know so you definitely want out of just genuine concern for other people you don't want them to experience that but um, I think there's only so much you can do right um, you can say hey your you know company policy is this you know um, you know in my house my policy on my property it's it's this. Um, you know in our city we suggest you do this right you can you can ask for them to do that but once they're out on their own you know it's it's hard to control and I think we see that right <clears throat> I think you know tapping into individual motivation is going to be the, the real important part to curving curving the coronavirus issue right now because I know in Houston it's just it's exponentially growing right it's it's not going down um, deaths are going up you know positivity rates is, has not been going down so we're not seeing you know this plateauing of like everybody's getting herd immunity all that all that stuff that you know people who are just in denial of this reality that's going on they're just saying oh we'll have we'll have herd immunity and it's not that big of a deal etc but I mean when you look at the numbers when you look at the things we're about to do like you know, opening a school to a million, you know, a million kids, you know, you know, a percentage, you know, uh, if you just do the math on the percentages, that's enough kids to infect the teachers and the staff, and then they go home and they go to their families. It's just, there's, medically speaking, it's just not intelligent, you know, to do that. So I think, I think the science of things, right? Data-driven decision-making is always something I'm gonna, is always something I'm gonna preach. Now maybe you don't have to bore somebody to death with the data, right? Uh, but you have to really understand yourself how to look for the data, how to find it, what does it mean, and learn to interpret it, all that stuff. And then when you're having conversations with people, yeah, you can mention, you know, certain percentages or ratios and stuff like that. But, you know, the, the way to persuade people is always gonna be through emotion right emotion or feelings of something and so you know i think for me you know my you know my strategy has always been like learn to read and learn to analyze and share that information with people but once you're you know synthesizing this um and and saying things about it then let's have a different approach right you know the information in your head you know where you are you know the things that need to be done so you know um use some you know communication skills right try to have some analogies um make it personable you know things like that um and be sincere right be authentic i think those are things are very important when you're having conversations with people and i think this platform of the podcast or the video cast now both video podcast and video and you know podcast um is important to have to be authentic and be genuine and sincere and I think um, people are starting to realize that, especially when you look at the media. There's a lot of insincerity, a lot of, you know, questioning what people's motives are and all that other stuff. Um, which is sad because you would think, you know, for news, you would just report the news, right? But we know, I mean, we know it's, people kind of find that boring, right? They want to see color commentary, etc. But now you're just, you know, varying off from news reports. So there's certain sources you can you can still rely on, but there's definitely some major sources that are just completely completely terrible. They're just editorials based on politics, right? And we know we know who those news channels are, right? Fox News, CNN, um, you know all those things. Um, Brett Bart, you know um, Politico, all those things that are far left, far right type of thing. They they're not reporting the news. They're giving you opinion. Based on their political positions, right? They're interpreting it from their position and not just giving you straight information. So I think it's very important to find those sources, um, synthesize those as much as possible, understand where the news, me- where the, there, are, there are some news medias that are a lot more balanced than others. Um, you know, I'm kind of a big fan of NPR, it seems to be the most neutral um, in terms of political parties. Um, And it also, I think it seems to be pretty fair. Um, There are some editorials that, you know, kind of lean left a little bit. But that's, you know, you just have to know the difference between an editorial and an actual news piece um, to navigate through this stuff. But there's a lot of people out there that just don't know the difference, right? They've already kind of cemented their position in politics, and they're going to just interpret that through those lenses, and all, all in all, honesty, I mean, I know some people just want to leave them alone. That's totally okay. But you know, for me, I uh, I like to challenge people, so I like to engage them, um, and make them think. You know, I, I so, sometimes, I mean, probably if anybody knows me personally out there, it's I love to argue. I love to debate. I love to have conver. For me, it's I love to have conversation, and I love to challenge people. Challenge your the way you're thinking, and and have challenges back. I don't mind that at all. Um, and then for me, it's more about not that you're not going to convince me, because um, absolutely, it's like if you know if I if I'm being honest with myself, if that was a better argument, if it was a, it made more logical sense, um, if the science is there, then I need to make a shift. Like I don't want to be so dogmatic that you know it's only one thing. And I'll give you know the one prime example here is uh, the coronavirus, right? Like I think initially I thought you know, the same thing that a lot of people are thinking, like, oh, this is just, um, you know, the same as the flu, I mean, there's plenty of infections and, and viruses, and this isn't as bad, you know, like, you know, they'll have a vaccine, and you'll get over it, and stuff like that, and that was initially how I felt, you know, um, but then we had some friends, like I said, and I probably mentioned this before, but we had some friends who are actually, you know, medical experts, people in the medical field, dealing with this, and they're kind of, you know, letting, giving me information and going, no, Caesar, this is, this is bad. This is, you know, the medical reality is very different than your, than your politics. And so, you know, thinking about that, I, you know, there's no way for me to sit in that position like, oh, it's no big deal. Let's not do anything about it. I mean, there's clear evidence that there was a problem. So, you know, pivot and let's move forward. And I think that that was my that was my opinion which kind of leads me into the prime conversation you know i I let off on the last one which is the protest on police officers black lives matters um um you know police violence all that stuff um i think that's probably been a, a equally as big of a topic as coronavirus in terms of how we should all feel about this and how should government respond, both local, state, and federal? Um, and it's it's become quite a quite a big of a deal, almost. Um, like I said, it, it it's neck and neck with coronavirus in terms of, you know, news time. And I think it's something that is uh, it's worth having a conversation about, and you know, um, an understanding. I think for me it's always understanding uh, where the similarities are and where your differences are you know and to be comfortable with those to to, and that kind of leads what I was kind of saying trying to say before was you know um, having that conversation and being okay with pushback and understanding that people may not agree with you but at least they're listening you know and not everybody is going to agree with you you know or Say you won the conversation. You you don't know how it's going to turn out. So I think, you know, for me, always the expectation is not I'm going to win this argument. For me, it's about I'm going to drive through my thinking as much as possible. Um, and then when it's done, it's done, you know. And whether that person agrees with me or not, um, it, it, to me, it's almost irrelevant, right? Um, and I think, honestly, that in terms of conversation, that's it probably drives better because i'm not i'm not trying to just, you know, um i'm not just trying to win and go i won, you know, you're done type of thing. It's it's really is about, you know, challenging your thinking. Thinking in more dimensions, right? In different dynamics or maybe thinking about how somebody else might might see these things. Um and realize that there's your view, there's this view, there's that view, there's a huge dynamic going on so this kind of like very narrow vision of things is it's not going to work right so anyways a lot of times i think looking at the 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 protests that were going on because of police violence the black lives matter movement going on the protests the the rioting and looting that are going on um uh, you know trying to navigate through these things um has been i think um Probably difficult and I would say stressful for some for a lot of people, right? Um, You know, um, you know if you're African American, you're out there and you're, you know, frustrated. You have to convince your friends that this is a real problem, or you're on the other side of that, right? And you're a a non-African American and you're thinking, what's the big deal? You know, I don't see these things. You know, these are different problems from different these is, well, it's kind of viewing the same thing from a different lens. And I think trying to put yourself in the other person's position and understanding going, how does this person view this thing from their position and why, why do they view that thing? Um, explain why some of these things are the way they are. Um, I think helps understand why people come from where they, why, where people are coming from, you know? Um, but you know, I think one of the one of the big things that that libertarians I've um, been talking about for quite a long time is you know this, the police state right or the abuse of power by government um, and you know you I think from the libertarian perspective you see that I mean you see uh, you know groups you know communities. Of different types, um, who are possibly over-policed um, or they're the ones that have a greater impact of, um, you know, too many laws. And I and what I mean by that is I think specifically is, you know, you think about drug laws, right? Libertarian basic libertarian platform is that people should be able to do what they want with their own body, right? Do what you want. Um, and you know, deal and face with the consequences as an individual, um, and and you know that means you know ending the drug war, you know, uh, abolishing prohibition, you know, all those things, um, and and focusing more on helping people with drug addiction, like going to rehab versus going to jail, you know, type of thing, and we know from the data from the statistics that African American and Latino. Um, specifically males, um, actually are impacted more by these laws um, than their counterparts that are white, you know. And, and I think one of the things that libertarians will always tell you, especially when it comes to the drug law specifically, is that, you know, that, you know, the, the drug use within the, the Caucasian population, the white population, is a lot higher than it is in the African American and Latino communities. and yet more African American Latinos are being arrested for drug use and drug possession than Caucasians than whites. So I think, you know, you start looking at a basic issue right on the front line is who's getting arrested for these things? Why are they engaging uh, with police officers? And you look at the laws that the police officers have to enforce, and you see right from the get-go that we're, we're creating this collision course with law enforcement and these communities, African American, Latino, um, and, and especially if you blanket it over the top, you could say low income, right? Low income neighborhoods in general across um, ethnicities um, can be um, over policed, you know, um, a little bit more aggressive um, enforcement of some of these policies. Um, and. The, and then and that's just the starting line, right? And then you start getting into the criminal justice system, right? In terms of sentencing, you know, that African-American males and Latino males are sentenced, uh, you know, with much harsher penalties than their Caucasian counterparts for the same crimes. Um, and then you go into the prison system, right? When they are treated, treated like dirt, right? And so you start creating this cycle of of issues, right, of tension of of distrust um, of everything, you know and so I think you know, once you start pick, picking apart all these things, we know that our criminal justice system and our law enforcement process um, is very messed up and we need to do something about it now Libertarians have, have believed this for you know, several decades, since their their inception, right, in the 1970s. They were always talking about ending the drug war, about, you know, the police state being a little bit, being overbearing, right, and that these communities are directly affected because they are over-policing and over-enforcing these laws that are not hurting anybody, right? We call it victimless, victimless crimes because, you know, um, nobody gets hurt, you know, when you're doing drugs, right? besides you obviously. But um, there's no victim there, you know, besides yourself. And that's when we say, hey, there's needs to be some personal responsibility here. Um, you take care of yourself, right? Or your family does, you know, they send you to rehab versus jail. Um, so you're talking about nonviolent offenders who are put into this system with other violent offenders. And then you're basically telling them to sink or swim just because of drug possession, you know, it, it it's a totally messed up system and a lot of these a lot of the groups like African American and Latino uh communities, specifically the males, um, you know, they get just thrown a bad deal from the get go, right? From the get go. You know, we're developing this paranoid uh distrust, you know, with our community and the people who service them you know and then we go into these layers of it's just a a rabbit hole of of messed up, you know, fucked upness. And uh I think it I think we really need to look at some of these things that are happening right now and stop pretending they're not happening and just say yeah, this is this has been going on for quite a while and we need to do something about it, right? We need to put our our community leaders to task and say you need change and we need real change right now, you know. Um, and we see some communities, right? I mean, we don't like the result of it, but, you know, the, it, like, things of, like, um, you know, defunding the police and, and disbanding the police in, in certain, like, what was it, like, Minneapolis or Minnesota or something. Um, you, you know, you, you, you you want the solution to be something else, but in truth, I mean, libertarianism is about bringing the power down to the most local level as possible. So if these communities, these communities are making their own decisions, then, you know, it's a basic concept in libertarianism. It's the right to self-determination, you know, letting individuals decide where their lives go. Um, and these communities need to decide for, for themselves, wh- what kind of community do they, do they want to be? And if they want to disband the police, they're going to have to deal with the rights and the responsibilities of not having security right and I, and I always tell my friends this you know because I think the libertarian response has always been either you know going private or public private partnership you know those things it's not on it's not a zero-sum game it's not one or the other there's some shades in there that we can accommodate we can navigate ourselves through some of these issues But, you know, um, at some point, some of these communities are probably going to turn to private security, right? And plenty of businesses, plenty of communities, um, especially here in Houston. I mean, Houston is so big that, you know, even with, you know, uh, even with thousands of police officers, there's just still some communities that are not going to get the same level of attention as others. And a lot of these communities are, are pitching in together for private security. Um, and it's, it's working, right? Like some of these, uh, there's some, you know, some neighborhoods nearby that, um, you know, we're just saying, hey, th- theft and theft is going up. Um, we need more, you know, police patrolling. Um, and the the police are basically saying we have only X amount of people and we're stretched thin. So these communities are hiring their own private security. Like you see at Walmart or, um, you know, in, in corporate facilities and, um, you know, theft is going down just by, the sheer presence of having security, and they don't even have guns. You know these these uh, private security companies; they don't have guns. You know, so you look at some of these things and go, "Okay, maybe, maybe we're we, maybe we're setting this up incorrectly, right? We're setting this up to create tension in the communities, and I think it's not fair to to both sides of that, right? To the African American and Latino community, um, we're setting them up to." butt heads with law enforcement right and likewise on the other side you know we are setting up law enforcement to be have to have butt heads with those communities um that are going to be affected and you know i think you know we we look at law enforcement and i think we all know that nobody 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 in a you know the broad level nobody goes into law enforcement because they have the intention of abusing these communities right um for the most part right there's you know there's always you know a percentage of people that are always wanting to inflict their will and they it, you know if they want they can get away with it with certain certain people they will um you know that's definitely something we have to look out for and, and weed out in you know the um screening process but anyways you know we know law enforcement is the goal is not there to you know abuse these the uh the, all these different communities um, they want to go and they want to help you know protect their communities um, they have that intention right um, whether it's you know misplaced or abused or whatever totally understand but a lot of the a lot of these people you know want to go and, and protect and help people who need protection right so you know there's a lot of alternatives to that and I think one of the big things libertarians always talk about is you know, um, private security, you know, um, or community pulling together for their own, poli- you know, their own policing. And, you, like I said, you can do that with without a gun, right? So you don't put people in direct conflict with each other. You can say, hey, this guy's patrolling the area, if, you know, if he sees something, he's going to report it, right? He's gonna call the fire department, or uh, he's gonna call, you know, the police, um, that type of thing. So it can be a good intermediary, right? Um, and we've I've seen a lot of good examples of, of private security that does the full enforcement, right? Detains people, um, stops you know domestic violence stuff like that. So it's possible, right? We just we just haven't tried it. So I think that fear that you see from a lot of kind of right leaning conservatives that you know if police aren't here the whole world is going to go go to hell. It's like, no, not really. I mean, you have alternatives. It doesn't have to always be publicly funded police officers, right? Your community could literally hire a security, two security guards in a car, you know, policing the area, and that will reduce all the issues you're dealing with. So it's not, like I said, I think if you're a libertarian out there and you hear all these conversations, you know it's not a zero-sum game, right? It's not all or nothing or one or the other. There's a shade of solutions out there. And that's the thing we need to have conversations with people about. So anyways, I, um, one of the big conversations we, that we've had with some, some close friends, um, in terms of, you know, Black Lives Matters and all the protests going on and, um, all the, the the rooting, the, the looting and rioting that's going on um, you know, I think a lot of times they, you know, want to say, hey, you know, you know, because you're a libertarian, you know, you, you're you you believe in individual um, liberty that, you know, you you're totally OK with the police coming in and, and defending those properties. Right. And uh, it it's not exactly like that. Not it's not 100 percent like that. You know, um, you know, first off, the, I think the issue with libertarians is obviously you know, the enforcement of a lot of these laws, law enforcement, um, is kind of arbitrary, right? Some of the stuff is like, why are we, why are we doing that? You know, we, we shouldn't do that. So I think when you look at the the rules that we're putting in place, um, we need to make sure it makes sense, you know, and we need to make sure it's serving the the public and the citizens and all that stuff, right? So, first off, that whole idea of just bringing in, you know, the riot squad or federal agents, shooting out tear gas, it, it, you know, it's totally antithetical to the libertarian idea, right? We don't believe in the police state. We believe the individual matters more than the state itself, right? The state, you know, is here to service, right? to um, administer for the people, right, by the people, for the people, but it's, a, it's, you know, the individual has more value than the state, you know, always will be for libertarians, and I think that's actually where we overlap with Black Lives Matters, right, because I think the whole, the whole purpose of it, and this is, you know, this is on their website, I, I was re- just reading it right before, I was actually looking at the Libertarian Party preamble, you know, the, the principle of the Libertarian Party, and then looking at the Black Lives Matters um, platform and what they believe. And there's a lot of crossover, and I think that's what people have to realize. There's maybe not, maybe you're not, we don't have to view these these groups as enemies. It's not, um, we don't have to play this game of blue team versus red team, you know? They have some valid points that, that cross over Libertarianism, right? Now, it's not 100%, obviously right? There are some things that we um, view differently, um, especially on the economic platform, but that to me is a matter of conversation and a matter of engagement and saying, you know, um, here's here's the reality of economics, here's the data-driven economic view, and where do we overlap and where do we need to say maybe we need to have more conversations Um, about what's more effective and what's not effective you know Um, and look at that and and I think instead of you know kind of of just looking at things at the surface level in terms of like the rhetoric and uh, the vocabulary of somebody um, it's really important to read through that and go okay what what is the point of this and maybe we have the same point but you know, maybe the, the verbiage or our strategies to achieve this is a little bit different. So then, you know, where can we find the common ground there? But um, you know, I think, I think the libertarian idea of, of individuals and the individual matters more than the state um, and respecting people's individuality in terms of who they are and what they want to do and the lives they want to lead. I think fits very well with the Black Lives Matters um, principles, this idea that, um, you know, they, they, they want African American people to have, you know, say in, um, in political clout in economics and social matters and, uh, you know, um, politics and, and all that. And I think, for me, I think it's it's a great opportunity to engage in the conversation as libertarians and, and, and pull these people, pull these groups in and say, yeah, this is actually what we've been talking about too. You know, I, I was looking at the platform, like, you know, ending the drug war, ending the police state, um, you know, um, giving individual African-American owners... Um, economic power right or political power um and all of that you know and all of that when you look at from the libertarian perspective it is about you know free speech it is about property rights it is about businesses running and owning your own businesses and removing those regulations that keep you know um you know people starting from the ground up um who have no you know um you know, economic or, or, you know, political connections to get a hookup, you know, on a, on, a, on a business loan or something like that, right? You're talking about people who probably don't have, and, and you know, anybody, right? Generally, I, I don't even have political access to anything. But, um, you know, people starting from the ground up and giving them, moving the roadblocks out of their way, right, in terms of regulatory bodies, in terms of taxes, right? Um, all those things, th- th- it's a great segue in conversation for us to have um, for, for people who are, you know, um, very much engaged in the Black Lives Matters movement to say economic power means economic freedom um, and it's very much embedded in, you know, free markets, you know, uh, free trade, global markets, Um, domestic you know um, domestic footprint all those other things and I think the entire conversation that libertarians have we've been having forever is about giving everybody access to that right not just for the extremely wealthy and connected you know they're not to say you know it's like you know they kind of we call it crony capitalism right where these you know politically connected large um, large groups large companies are the ones who get the tax breaks, are the ones who get the special access, um, all that stuff. And I think you know, that totally disenfranchises the communities like African American and Latino communities who don't have access to any of that, right? They don't have the infrastructure, they don't have the hundreds and hundreds of years of wealth and property building that um, that, you know, that honestly the European kind of white, um, white culture has been able to do for quite a long time. Um, It's like, you know, basically, you know, that whole that whole culture has gotten a head start for hundreds of years. Um, So I think understanding that that at the very least, we need to remove these roadblocks and let the communities like African-American, Latino communities give them economic power through economic freedom, right? Getting getting involved in local businesses, free trade, global trade. Um, reducing tax footprints, right? I think uh, reducing taxes is a is a really good easy way to build wealth and um, and to build a business, right? S- uh, starting from scratch, and I think you know those uh, those companies that are already existing, um, people who've been doing this for a while, especially like a group like uh, you know um, Caucasian, you know the white population who's been able to build businesses openly and freely for forever since the beginning of the nation, state here, the United States, um, you know, understanding that we have built roadblocks that we need to remove and get out of their way, I think should be the the least that we should do is to say the real key, the real thing that's going to amplify um, all these economic, political and social power is for us to get out of your way, you know, get out of your way, right? Let's reduce the tax implications. Let's reduce the red tape. Let's get out of your way so you can start the businesses that you want. So you can get into the markets that you want. Um you can get into the countries that you want to. So I think for us, I think for a lot of people have this conversation of, you know, hey, it's you know, the BLM is the super communist, all this other stuff. That's more hyperbole. Um, it's not really communism, right? Um, but I can tell you that the conversations I've had with people who, who supported communism and socialism as a platform of economic solution, a lot of times there's very similarities with libertarianism, right? In terms of the, um, the recognizing the problems that exist um, in terms of the accumulation of wealth, right? Um, libertarians know this, right? We know that, you know, the extremely wealthy, the extremely connected are the ones that are just gaining and getting more power, um, and then the people who are starting from scratch don't have that. They have to start building from the ground up. So you know it's better to kind of get out of their way, um, and and let other people do that. And we know some some major you know major companies, major wealthy people use regulation, use tax brackets uh, to keep people out. Um, And very specifically, you need very specifically African-American and Latino communities by having this tiered structure of blocks to get where you need to go. And I think if we all agree that we need to move the roadblocks, that economic power means economic freedom, um, and that social power means social freedom, and that political power means political freedom, that's when we open it up and say, this is for everybody, right? African American, Latino, male, female, whatever ethnicity, whatever sexual orientation, freedom is really the solution, right? And you look at the groups like Black Lives Matters and you realize their platform is about freedom, right? It is about kind of removing those roadblocks that um, that African Americans are dealing with right now. And, and I think their, their view, their strategy is if we can, you know, uh, if we can, focus on Black Lives Matters and get those things that it will expand out to other groups, other individuals. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think we use that even similar strategy in libertarianism, right? We say the individual is the smallest minority group. That's kind of something we, we've always said, right? You as an individual are always um, always under attack by the state because they always want to kind of control and regulate what you do. Um, And so you just expand that out and you think, you know, African-American, the African-American community is just, you know, a collective of individuals dealing with their own experiences. Uh, And you can do the same thing with Latino and Asian and all that, you know, male or female. You can do that with any group and say these are a group, a collective of of individuals. And, you know, you look at that and you think, you know, whether you are Latino, African-American, white, Male, female, whatever, you want to be treated as an individual, right? That, 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 that ethnicity or your gender or your sexual orientation, these things are not defining you as a person, and I think for, you know, if there was a group like the law enfor- like law enforcement, or, um, you know, your neighbor or something like that, who's judging you based off your skin color or your sexual orientation, that, that, that's not us right that's i mean that's not the full picture of us um you know uh, it's like me being hispanic right mexican-american um you know i completely grew up in a, in a mexican-american household um you know on the line of mexican texan um, you know american even my own you know choice of choices of influences of different cultures beyond that and i think what i've learned is that you know you you become your own person, right? Not one thing defines you in who you are. And just for somebody else to judge you or define you by that one trait um, is kind of simplistic, right? It's a generalization. It's a, it's a simplistic, it's, it's, it's not fair, right? So I think when you look at a BLM, you know, and you look at that and go, this, you know, this group is being treated unfairly b- simply because of their skin um that just is antithetical to the libertarian idea of individualization so it folds in really nice now it doesn't fold in 100% right there are some there are some solutions to these issues that they're presenting that you go this doesn't this is not really um a solution that that that's going to work right we think about some some of those principles of of communist principles or or socialist principles some of these things that we just know from an economic perspective, they don't work, right? They're not as effective as other means. So we need, to, um, we need to have a dialogue, right? We need to talk about these things and say, exactly kind of you know what I was saying earlier was, economic power means economic freedom, right? When, you're, when you have the ability to control um, your own actions and make the decisions you want to without somebody else forcing you, guess what? That's libertarianism, man. You know, you're working in the free market, you're 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 have the business you want, dealing with the customers you want, being able to move, you know, domestic or international without the influence of government. Dude, that's libertarianism, man. That's straight up libertarianism. So I think, you know, when you look at, you know, m- movements like this, dive a little deeper, try to look beyond just the external news you know news news cycle about protesters you know over here or looters over here we clearly know i mean i know personally like in houston i saw like a total night and day that the protesters were here they came they left and then there was rioters and looters that were not the same as protesters protesters so i think that idea of conflating blm with looters and rioters and you know all these other things that are happening um i think it's very easy simplistic generalization to do but it doesn't do people justice and you won't flesh that out on on facebook right or twitter you need to have a conversation you need to understand that there's a little bit of gray here um there's a little a lot of misinformation but i think when we have these long-form conversations you'll see that you'll have more similarities to people than you don't now there's some very hateful rhetoric out there, you know, and I think libertarians, um, across the, across the whole platform, you know, whether we agree with each other or not, um, you know, understand that there's, there's just, you know, whether, whether there's a law or not, you know, hate speech, we have no room for it, you know, not, not in the party, not a libertarian party. The libertarian party is about freedom, you know, and respecting others' freedoms and rights, um, and, and you know hate speech and hating people because of prejudice or generalizations or stereotypes totally not where we fit in and you'll see it in the libertarian candidate joe jorgensen um she's you know flat out said that these issues that that are affecting the black community and latino communities are real and we need to do something about them and it's all about you know over policing about ending the drug war right about um you know changing how we sentence people Especially, specifically on how we view what what is a crime and what is not a crime. And I think drug like things like drug possession and stuff like that, not a crime. I mean, there's no victim on that, so maybe they need to go to drug rehabilitation, right? Maybe they need you know kind of outpatient you know um, conversation with somebody, Um, or legit, we just need to end the drug war, right? And say you know this is too prohibitory and just say people need to handle this on their own if you have a problem you need to go to a rehabilitation clinic you know that thing we're not gonna put people in jail because of drug possession anymore honestly that would be the real solution right and then you have police officers who are not searching for drugs who are not going into communities with with you know an eye for what are they doing type of thing they're literally out there in the community making sure that violent offenders are not out there, right? Like legitimate predators, you know, Uh, you know, pedophiles or murderers or, you know, rapists or anything like that. Those are the people that should be in jail, right? Because they're violating other people's rights and individuality. Um, Those people should be in there. Um, And we should find a way to rehabilitate and a way to manage those things. But... You're talking about drug possession, you know? Maybe somebody who's doing, you know, like, tax evasion. Like, I don't know. Some of those things is just, we shouldn't put those people in jail. Not those types of jails, right? But anyways. So, moral of the story, I think, today is, when when I look at the the Black Lives Matters platform and what they believe, and I look at the Libertarian Party platform and what they believe, there's a lot of similarities. And um, I want you to go out there read this stuff on your own. Don't just look at Facebook. Don't let Facebook and other people's opinions, um, in, you know, um, dictate what you think is the reality and not. Go out there and seek it yourself, right? Look at the Libertarian Party page. Look at their platform, what they believe in. Sometimes when you hear what Libertarians believe, um, by Democrats or Republicans, conservatives or progressives, their version of it is completely distorted, Right? So go out there, read it from the source, um, understand where people are coming from, um, and then obviously engage in the conversations. But yeah, I'm, li- I'm looking at this <clears throat> Black Lives Matter webpage, web and a lot of the stuff I'm like, yeah, this is what libertarians believe, right? Um, you know, um, you know, we're talking about state, state-sanctioned violence and anti-black racism, um, I mean, libertarians we understand that, right? We've, we've been understanding that. Um, you know, the kind of coercion that we talk about is, you know, the state's only power is to inflict violence on you to bend to their will. And I think if anybody knows what we're talking about, it's the African American community, right? Is you have the police coming in and forcing their will on, on these communities and um we know that this is not freedom this is not america right that's not that is not life liberty and the pursuit of happiness you know this is something totally different and we need to do something about it that's that's for sure so yeah i mean I'll, i look at this and i'm i'm nodding my head right and the war on black communities yeah and the war on black youth black women black trans queer yeah like why 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 are these why are these different people being abused right these people Um, getting inflicted a lot of pain that they shouldn't, you know. Um, You know, end to all jails, prison and immigration, detention. You know, we look at that and go, okay, maybe there's certain people that that need to be in there, but maybe there's some middle ground on that, right? Obviously, we need prison and jail for certain types of people, but how that looks, how that's set up, uh, maybe they're talking about uh, private prisons and stuff like that, okay we need to look at that and go are we doing the right thing are we doing the wrong thing um and to immigration detention i mean libertarians totally understand that right life liberty and the pursuit of happiness means the ability to move from one place to another we totally understand this um end the the death penalty right um the state does not have the right to tell us who gets to live and die right that's absolutely one of the things right End the war on drugs we've been talking about that ad nauseum today um, and their surveillance on black communities. I think general libertarians believe that the state should not be surveilling anybody, right? You should not be collecting our data. You should not be spying on us. That's not your job. Um, so, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, the de- demilitarization of, of law enforcement. We've been talking about that forever, right? Um, so, yes, exactly. So, there's a lot of base platforms here that you can agree with. Um, it's not a hundred percent, right? Maybe sometimes the solution is something different, you know, than, than what we have already been talking about. And that's okay. That's the time when you say, Hey, here's the differences. That's the time you want to have the conversation with people. And it's a, actually we agree with you 100% here, but we think the solution, the, the solution that could be a, a better solution is this, right? And I think, At the core of that when you look at the 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 overall art overall arching idea of empowering um, the african-american community with social power economic power political power when you talk about power you talk about freedom right economic freedom political freedom um, social freedom right all those things are really wrapped together and they are at the core of what libertarians believe right nobody should get in your way to start the business that you want to do, um, do the business who you want to do with, you know, do things domestically, do things internationally, going out to other countries, um, you know, being able to, to, to do what you want when you want. And the only core principle that libertarians believe in, in terms of what government should come in and do, is as long as we're respecting each other's rights, right, as long as you're not violating other people's individual rights, then you should be able to do what you want. And, and if you do, if you do violate people's individual rights, then there needs to be that government. There needs to be that person, the mediator, to go in and say, no, you're, you're violating or hurting this other person. And that's why we have, you know, courts, um, local policies, um, federal regulations, and stuff like that. So there are certain things that make sense in terms of mediating those individual rights Um, even when you talk about you know public um, you know environmentalism right Um, you're looking at you know making sure that our systems are enforcing you know individual private owners who are violating the public spaces like you know water pollution air pollution etc because we know i think libertarians know that you know the issue is not more regulation it's the issue is actually regulating the laws you actually have in your system so you know instead of letting you know a gun uh you know a military you know military industrial factory uh pollute the water and give them a pass is to say that you know you're we're giving you funding here or you're a pub public private partner you need to abide by these rules or we pull your funding right stuff like that so I think anybody out there knows that um, in terms of environmental violations, we know that the EPA has violated that hundreds of times, state and local governments have violated that, and obviously the business partners of government have violated that more than just private individuals, private businesses um, who have none of those special grants, right? So we need to make sure that maybe it's not more regulation that we need, but maybe it's simple rules that need to be abided by and i think one of that is if you're an individual who violates other people's individual rights especially in the public sphere there's going to be consequences right jail time fines etc and it needs to be like direct you know and i think i don't think anybody could disagree with that so anyways moral of the story is i think looking at the libertarian platform looking at joe jorgensen and the crossover she has with um, you know, the civil liberties, the civil rights movement in the in the African African American community, Black Lives Matters, all the other different groups that have their own vision and their own view of how to do things. Um, there's a lot of crossover and we need to for sure go out there and say, hey, I we agree with you 100%. We need end the drug war. We need to reduce over-policing. We need to do all these things because it directly affects you more than I, right? Um, so I, I think it's okay to admit those things and say, hey, we agree on these things. The solution may be different, right? Maybe it's not to completely disband police officers and never have any type of security in your neighborhood, but maybe it is to disband this public uh, police department and bringing in our own community um, private security, right? That That answers directly... To the people that that pay them, you know, um, and maybe we need to restart and and redesign the rules with private security. Maybe we need a private security that doesn't carry around guns. Maybe they're out there um, to prevent theft, per, to be the intermediary between um, you and and you know and, and another federal agent or something like that. So there's multiple solutions out there. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be a zero sum game. There's a lot of great answers out there, and we just need to explore them, and we need to have the conversations. So before you go out there and you see somebody talking about um, you know, BLM and ending, and ending racial injustice and all that stuff, and, and their solution is some type of, kind of quasi-socialist, communist response, try to read through that, try to have the conversations, and try to give them more, more plausible alternative solutions that would solve the issue that's going on. Um, and, and we've reviewed a lot of them today, right? Um, private security, getting the community involved. I mean, a lot of these things uh, BLM talks about all the time is community action, community involvement. This is straight up libertarianism, right? And so I think once you get into the the finite understanding of libertarianism, communism, socialism, um, any ism, is this idea that a lot of times some of these ideas and some of the, the intent is is very similar, right? It's just our solution, uh, our way we answer that is is different, right? And then we have to know the pitfalls of each of them, right? We know the consequences of communism, right? We know in the millions of millions of deaths, right? We know socialism, right? We know the, the kind of, um, crippling effect on on economics and and, um, kind of flexibility of economy and stuff like that. We know that socialism doesn't have. And then likewise, we know in in capitalism there it's not a clean, perfect system. We know there are certain people that get left out, so how can we resolve those issues? How can we maintain our system of freedom? And I think ultimately that's what it's going to be. It's like, you know, you see the European system that's kind of a quasi um, mixed system, and then you have a system like China that is going from co- kind of a quasi-communist, capitalist, capitalist system, and I think what we really need to try is another system of, of, of pure economic freedom, which unfortunately we don't really have, but we're one of the closest places. Hong Kong used Hong Kong used to be one of the places that became pretty close to a libertarian society, and now they're being overrun by the Chinese by the Chinese government, unfortunately. But you know, Hong Kong was really really close to a a libertarian society that we see a free market and free people and they prospered greatly right and then you have other countries that are pretty close you know like Switzerland stuff like that where they have a very interesting system um, that is not too um, top-down you know Um, and they they have a lot of freedom and movement um, as they need to so there's a lot of flexibility that I think the United States um, can learn from and, and even get even more into right if we really do espouse the life liberty and pursuit of happiness then we need to find you know solutions like that Um, and let's say this is this is what defines us as a country as a society is the respect of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and what does our government look based on that Um, and maybe it's going to be different than the european model than the chinese model Uh, that's fine you know but we need to uh we need to make it work so anyways thanks for listening today i really appreciate it um we are going through a lot of crazy stuff coronavirus um protests um we have you know hurricane season coming in i don't even know what's going to happen more after that right schools are going to start again um I, I don't know what else is going to be thrown at us but it, it's an interesting ride but i think we're going to get through it um Always, like I said, take care of yourself, take care of your family, Um, use common sense, right? Regardless of whether, you know, a government is telling you to do something or not, make sure you are taking care of your family and yourself and your community. Um, And from there, you can affect change. Thank you, everybody.